Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's really about talking to people uh, in food, wine, and culture about not necessarily how they got into wine, but like what was the bottle or the glass or the moment that did it for them? Because that's never, I mean, very rarely. I spoke to Jancis Robinson. Her aha bottle was like some crazy shit. She was dating a rich guy. It was funny. Um, But for most people, it's not that, right? It's just a really, a, a bottle or a glass that just takes you to a place where you're like, shit, this is something. I want to learn. Welcome to the Swirl Suite, everybody. Our episode is a little early today. We decided to record on a Sunday and publish on a Monday instead of a Wednesday because Wednesday is Inauguration Day. We just want that energy to be focused on our new leadership and just starting off a new year fresh. So this week, our special guest is Shakira Jones, published author, wine educator, um, digital platform host. She's the host of A Glass for Every Palette on Psalm TV and check her out follow her she's doing some great things and this episode is fantastic listen to it all the way through cheers we hope you enjoy Leslie you're muted it's just Sunday <laughs> <laughs> I went to the hospital, so I haven't had a day. Oh, oh girl. Oh. Mm. No such thing as a weekend these days. Wow. Thank you for your service. Mm. Right, guys. Thank you. A true patriot. I'm telling you. I'm at home on the couch. Uh, I support it. I'm trying to be there. Like, after this, I'm like, oh, I get to relax. This is good. Mm. Wow. And this Man. is what- I get to chat with some black women about wine. What's not relaxing about that? Oh, hey. Hey, hey. We're happy uh, you're here. Yes. Welcome to the Swirl Suite. Uh, how's everybody doing? We're okay. I mean, okay. it's just, it's Sunday. We're just gonna, we're just gonna count it all joy. We're just gonna start. Clean I love slate. it. I love it's it. Fine. Exactly. I did a facial like- scrub and a sheet mask. We're good. We're, yeah. you know. Oh, I did a, I did a facial scrub today too. And Trader Joe's, they have the mask. The um the hydration masks they're so mm-hmm. good. Really? They're so good. You know, it must have been a scrub day. I did a body scrub today. Did you? Oh, did you now? Yes. Oh. Let's like I did a body scrub. <laughs> I did a body scrub. <laughs> like, well, you I know, went, whole body. You know, uh, so I went walking early this morning. I mean, it's nice now, but it was a little cooler. And you know, when you you go out and your your core temperature doesn't quite warm up. So I was like, oh, you know, let me take a hot shower, what have you. And I was like, well, while I'm in here, let's just give a little self-care. Okay. You know, because quarantine body is much different than... Ooh, child. We're not even going to start on that. <laughs> so some of those things <laughs> are neglected. That's next podcast episode, everybody. Tune in. We talk quarantine <laughs> body. <laughs> that's a whole other... Uh, oh, yeah. on, on Friday, I got um, an at-home massage. Oh, okay. okay. So please tell. So, hey. so there's this older gentleman. He's like a, um, a former nurse, and um, yeah. So now he's wait. They don't call him masseuse anymore. It, they call him massage therapist, I think. So he's mm-hmm. a massage therapist, and he's a traveling one. He lives in not in your neighborhood, Leslie. Oh, 
okay. And so okay. he's, yeah. Um, Call him up, girl. Yeah. Can he he's, do body scrubs? <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, he can do your next body but um he was he was very good you can tell he's all about the healing his sheets even had oils and crystals in them so when you Whoa. laid on it it's like you were absorbing that energy you know what i mean oh. and um he focused i wish i knew what you meant but like i don't i've never <laughs> had it that sounds before. good whatever like, it is yeah, um, he Google it and see if I could. No, he focused a lot on um, the temples, and um, because I grind my teeth at night, mm-hmm. so the temples and the scalp and shoulders. It was, yeah, he was awesome. Wow, was awesome. now okay, so you he obviously he was a man, right? Yes, yeah, but you know, some men have hang ups, they won't go to a male massage therapist, yeah. It will have to be female. So, do you care either oh, or? Girl, I don't care as long as you have strength, like strong. I I can take a yeah. Mm-hmm. I can take a really strong massage. So yeah, I don't care. Okay. We have a special guest, ladies. Shakira. Hi, hey, special guest. Hey. <laughs> How are you doing? I am doing well. I can't complain. It is a um, overcasty day here in New York, so it's definitely. Same. All lazy Sunday vibes. Yeah, same. So uh, for those who have been under a rock and don't know who you are, please introduce yourself to everybody. Uh, My name is Shakira Jones. I am a published wine writer. That's still crazy to say. Um, (laughs) And media host. Um, I host a show. I host a couple shows, funny enough, on um, Som TV which is the new um, wine and food-based streaming platform brought to you by the folks that made the Psalm films. Um, That is my lane in wine. And by day, I am a tech professional for a large health system here in New York City. Mm, You are busy. Mm -hmm. Very busy. think we know like your story about how you got into wine can you tell us about that sure I mean if ever there was a all right so it's kind of a fall ass backward moment to be honest um I was very much from this time I went to school here I'm from New York well I'm from Belize but I grew up in New York I went to college in New York I went to NYU and um that was the time when dining was really evolving from like this very like fine dining meant you needed a jacket, you needed a lot of money and you know, it, it wasn't a young people thing. And around the time when I was in college, you had like these new chefs like Wiley Dufresne and other people coming up with restaurants where they were really making crazy elevated food, but it wasn't meant to be this stuffy gross environment. Um, so my best friend and I, like, that was our thing. That's what we spent our money on was going to restaurants and trying new cuisines and trying new foods. Um, we were much poorer then, so we couldn't really afford wine with dinner. It was really just the water. Uh, <laughs> Been there. I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but as we grew and, you know, it, it continued to be a thing for us, we started to really be able to indulge in wine pairings and stuff like that. And that kind of opened a whole new world to me. Um, and I'm a pedal to the metal person. So I was like, oh, there's stuff to learn about wine. Okay, cool. Let me start reading. Let me start studying. Let me start going into books. Let me start taking classes. Um, And then just, I'm 
an antisocial social butterfly and I like going out by myself. Mm. So, you know, like I would go to wine bars and restaurant bars and just sit there and chat and all of the gross race involved things that are surrounding this industry. I will say that the sommeliers and bartenders that I've encountered, like the second you start talking about wine, they are happy to, oh girl, you like this? Okay, I'll pour you another glass of this, try this, this is this producer, we got this sample, you should try it. Um, and then it just took off from there. Um, and then, you know, George, well, before that, I went to the premiere of Psalm 3 here in New York and <laughs> story's been told a couple of times, my hair caught on fire at that premiere. I'm tall. I'm sorry, what? Okay, can you um back up, please? Like, you don't just say, oh, my hair caught on fire. We didn't hear yeah, the story. So <laughs> it's, new, it's new to us. It's new to us. Right. I'm like, is there the a podcast link you could get in? <laughs> there is a the podcast <laughs> link. Yes. Okay. I, like, I, I think I this. I'll give you the bridge version now. So this this new short look is, is a relatively new thing. I generally keep my hair big and curly and beautiful and I'm tall. So I went to um, the premiere for Psalm 3. It was held at Cork Buzz and I was standing in front of a shelf that had a little tea light candle on it. Oh my God. And apparently a little curl got into the flower, but I was talking to two men, Sabato Sigaria, um, who is a master sommelier, one of the people I was talking to, and another guy named David Bruno. And they were all, they were both staring at me and it was calm. I was like, all right, don't freak out, but your hair's on fire. And I'm like, okay. So I do one of these, like, cause I don't want the whole room to, I don't want it to be a thing per se. Yeah. Why, why did they try to put it out? Right, well, like not freak out, but like hit you in the head. Like, well, here's the problem. Oh. Sabato's bald. And literally when this happened, he had a, there was an ice bucket next to him. So he jokes about, and he will be on in season two to really go into the detail of this. But he jokes about the decision-making process of him. So like, if I pour a bucket of water on her, she's likely to slap me. Oh my God. If I don't put her hair out, it's going to be a problem. So <laughs> <laughs> I respect how difficult that must look for a man to be like, do I just douse this chick with water? Like, how does this go? So it wasn't too bad. So I did a little pat, pat, pat. And then gracefully, I'm like, would you excuse me? So I go in the bathroom. I have a complete freak out moment. Like, motherfucker, really? Like, you're the only black woman in here. Now your hair's on fire. Now this is going to be a thing. I'm texting my hairdresser from the bathroom. Like, hey, we have a crisis. Just know that I need to come in Monday. I know you don't work on Monday, but I, we have a situation here. Um... I get myself back together and I walk back outside like nothing happened. And people are like, are you good? I'm fine. And only like six people in the room that night knew that that happened. One of them happened to be Jason Wise, who is the founder and the creator of all the Psalm films. And he's like, yo, you are really oddly cool about this. That's, that's, that's interesting. We're going to work together one day. And fast forward a year and a half later, he called and it's like, listen, we're developing this platform. Um, I want you to have a major role on it. I think you're awesome. I think you're personable. I love working with you. Let's make this happen. And then a podcast, a couple shows and a documentary later, here we are. Wow. That is a story. That That's definitely a <laughs> <Right>. story. <laughs> that is it. Like people going to be going out there setting their hair on fire. Well, you got to start with long hair. Like, you that's not going to yeah. me now because my hair is short. So it's now too close to the scalp. Yeah, and then like, you wear a wig or weave. If you got tracks, like, it might all go up mm, at one time. Like, you can't mm, mess with that either. Was this was this your hair? Yeah. Oh, man. Mm. Yeah. Wow. 
Mm. Yeah. Did so? Did it wait? Because hair when when you burn hair, listen, we got all. We I, have I all know. The I'm like, how did it smell? Wait, like, what's like, your like, like, you like, just like, like it smelled like burnt hair. It definitely smelled like. Oh citrus. my god. Um, but I think I was in a room full of folks that don't necessarily know what singed hair smells like. They didn't grow up with the beautiful smells of a hot comb burning okay. hair. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're safe. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I feel like the black people in the room I think they're like four. Might have actually Dylan Proctor was in that room. <laughs> he definitely knows what that smell is. <laughs> so oh, I think all the black people knew that was a familiar smell. Like, hmm. right. <laughs> You trying to play it off with the wine, like, man, is that is this the red? I went right back. Smoking. I went in the bathroom and had a conversation, like one of those Issa Rae moments in the mirror with myself, like, girl, pull this shit together. Like this is, but it's also very par for the course for me. Like, I'm good for like getting an award and tripping while getting it. Like shit like that happens to me. Mm-hmm. So a part of me is laughing, like, of course, this is the shit that happens. <laughs> What else? Like, how else would this have played out? Um, but you know, I, I'm I'm very much shout out to my very West Indian mother that has driven home the keeping poise and and calm and not making a big deal out of things and handling things with grace and that's just what I did. I mean, this could have went awfully wrong. My hair could have gone up and sure. went flame. I had a Michael yeah. Jackson moment. Exactly. Now yeah. Jackson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying this could have gone very, very left. Thank God. Oh my happened. goodness. Because this is guy on Baller Alert now that I just saw. His wig caught on fire and he's like doing IG lives from the hospital. Like because oh. his hair caught on fire. Like recently, oh like yesterday, day before. Oh my god. It's a whole so situation. Dope. Like so girl, I mean, you made it out. I'm, you, I'm glad but, that you, you know. Yeah, but I did think about like shit, this could have been bad. Like, what if yeah. I had to leave here in the ambulance? I had 30 seconds. Also, the next day, I think, oh, yes, the next day was like um, New York Food and Wine Festival. So I was like, okay, I have things to do this weekend. Like, this cannot be <laughs> my weekend. And this is round one. So I need everybody to get it together to do the rally, Shakira, and make this happen. Um, wow. Uh, so tell us about the shows that you host, um, a glass for every plate. Um, so what do you talk about and who do you interview on those shows? So the podcast, a glass for every palate is, um, it's really about talking to people, uh, in food, wine, and culture about not necessarily how they got into wine, but like, what was the bottle or the glass or the moment that did it for them? Because that's never, I mean, very rarely, I spoke to Jancis Robinson, her aha bottle was like some crazy shit. She was dating a rich guy, it was funny. Um, but for most people, it's not that, right? It's just a really, a, a bottle or a glass that just takes you to a place where you're like, shit, this is something. I wanna learn more about this stuff. And it's always interesting to me to talk to these people that you see as like, titans whether it's in food or wine or culture talk about the bottle like listen I was just working at an Italian restaurant and this bottle was left open and I had a glass of it and it was phenomenal you know so it's really about that um I don't I I don't know how to be anything other than me so I don't really pull back on questions I don't pre-write them it's kind of just a conversation between people um people laugh because I almost kicked Dwayne Wade off for telling me that he was drinking barefoot I just I'm sorry, what? I gotta lean in for this one. Say that again. 
Yeah. Out of all the wines, out of all the wines in the world, that's he, he wasn't drinking it, but it, it was one. So he did not start drinking until he stopped playing basketball. Like that was one of his things. That he okay. did not drink while he played in the NBA. So when he started um, drinking, like Alonzo Morning had given him a bottle of flowers and he hated it, which I get it. If you don't drink anything with any tannin or anything like that, you you probably won't like something mm-hmm. like that first. He doesn't have a developed so then, Next, then he's he's gotten to. I mean, look at look at who his friends are now, right? He's getting yeah. to drink great stuff, but that's where he started. He's like, yeah, you know, like barefoot. I'm like, uh, uh-uh. But you <laughs> know, that's barefoot. kind of funny because when he was out of the NBA, he was married, and his spouse is a big self-professed wino. Mm-hmm. and had a little label what have you so that's interesting that his breakthrough wine was barefoot and not something that mm-hmm. she would have and not suggesting that he would have had to enjoy her mm-hmm. label but something a little um more for a cultivated palate let me say that's that what it was shocking but, mm-hmm. but it 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 parallels so many people's journey, right? Where mm-hmm. the first thing that your auntie or somebody has or your mom has is a Stella Rosa or a Barefoot or, a, um, you know. I love Stella Rosa. <laughs> and it's so, oh. Voldemort, like those all get in my Voldemort categories of wine. Like, and I, it's not about the price. It's not about anything. Like that's just not wine to me. Like that's so many fillers so many added products that's just grape juice with a little bit of nyquil mm-hmm. <laughs> um so i just don't want people to drink that not because it's being snobbish and i think that that's a fine line and i i don't think i do the best job always of like saying like it's not that i'm shitting on the price or of what people like it's just like that just isn't wine i mean mm-hmm. like you it's not engaged to to judge if you like wine or not it's like do you like wine coolers oh okay then you would like this exactly but it's it's not it's not what you would call you're never finding the you're never going out to dinner and finding this on a wine list it doesn't matter you're not finding this on a wine list in applebee's like it's not gonna appear anywhere so if what you want to do is enjoy if you enjoy like holding a glass and drinking it awesome but let me, if you, if you would allow me to, let me introduce you to some wines. If you like sweet wines, cool. I know a ton of good ones that are not full of fake sugar. They're sweet because the grape's sweet, right? And, and let's go there. But all of these other wine products, I'm just like, mm. I'll drink this so bad. For you. Speaking of, what are you drinking? Uh, right now, I am actually drinking some kava that I had open. Oh, nice. Uh, this is Navarian. I taught a oh. class at Paramount Caviar. I love that one. And this one is 100% Chardonnay, which is really, really not something you see often coming out of kava. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's quite delicious. I like that. Light and easy for a Sunday. Yeah. Wow. Are you guys drinking some, Leslie and Tanisha? I am. Tanisha, are you drinking anything? No, I drank too much last night. So today is a water day. Oh, I, I, was th- I thought you were going to be like, oh, no, I'm doing dry January. <laughs> what? No, that's not even my name. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> Where did that come from? Like, which thing made exactly. that happen? Um, 
I'm never gonna do drama. Oh, okay, sun goddess. Oh, this is my first time trying it. Oh, wait, and is it the Savion Brock? Yeah. This is the Savion sure. Brock. Wow, you hate it. Oh, wait, we've been recorded, never mind. <laughs> Clap real loud so Sarita can cut it out. <laughs> okay, now say what you got to say. You gotta give her a notation to go back and edit. It's not bad. And uh, let me just say, um, Shakira, I'm not a big Sauv person. I'm not a big Savion Blanc. So it's not no shade, Mary, at all. But I'm not a just big Just this person. out. Say what you want to say, girl. You don't right. have to. Mm -hmm. um, but it's unusually sweet. It is unusually sweet that you would she made never. Ex yes. You would never expect that with a Savion Blanc. Mm -hmm. Because that grape just doesn't do that by mm -hmm. No, no. Yeah. So there's some dominoes in here that I don't know what they did, but it's not dominoes, girl. Yes. <gasps> she did say dominoes. It took me a I, second to process that. Y'all know I tasted this a few months ago and put my my very honest opinion on Instagram stories. I, oh, what did I you say? I missed that. I was home, no, should I buy it? Because I wanted hey, to buy no, one. No, you should not. No, it's, no, especially not for the price. It's almost twenty dollars. Twenty dollars is terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I've also publicly said this, like. For other people's palate, it might absolutely work. Like whether or not I like a wine is irrelevant. And I, I'll say that to anybody. Like it's like a food or a movie critic. Like, you know, that one girlfriend where every time she tell you to watch a movie, you watch it, you're like, why would you tell me to watch this? It's stupid. Mm -hmm. Right. But then there's somebody else where every show they tell you, yo, you should watch this. You're in love with it. I'm like, treat wine, opinions, personalities, whatever the same. Right. Thing. Sure. Because I like or dislike something doesn't mean you will. I think those wines are poorly made. I think that that Romato is poo-poo. It, um, And I think I've That's never had sugary Sauvignon Blanc in that way. Exactly. I don't know what to make of that. I don't know what to tell you to eat that with. I don't know. Like, it's actually so sweet that it's not refreshing or thirst quenching at all. It's mm. just... To me, if you drink that, and this is where the problem comes in, I feel like if you drink that, and I understand like Mary's an icon in the culture. She made a wine, particularly black women, we are gonna go out and support it. And sure. I did, mm -hmm. but I'm also going to be honest about what it, my mother can make a wine tomorrow. And if I don't like it, I'll tell you, mommy, I, I'm gonna try to sell it, but I don't like it. It's fine. Um, but I think that the problem is if people buy that, and go, oh, I like this. This is Sauvignon. Okay, I like Sauvignon Blanc. Mm. I'm gonna go out. And, and once they, you will never ever buy a Sauvignon Blanc that tastes like <clears> that. Never. And no, that's the problem comes in. I think it, that is a huge statement yeah, because yeah. it's not true to the grape. It's not authentic at all. At all. At all. At all. Like there should be some type of disclaimer, something. Wine <laughs> product. Here. That it's not, it's not true to the grape. But then how can they do that? Like, no, this is a fake, this is a fake flavor. Don't buy, you know, this is different. If they put that on there, then people be like, wait, well, then what is it? Why am I getting it? But the so thing they're is, like, no, this is the best expression of Savion Blanc we could do. And it's Yay. not even an expression of this is supposed to be an Italian Savion Blanc. It's not even an expression of that. So that is misleading. I think are they even known for Savion Blanc? How many Italian Sauvignon Blancs? You drink a lot of wine, sis. How many 
Right, that's what I'm like, wait. I'm like, wait. Well, Tanisha, you don't like Savion Blanc either. I don't know. I'm out the international game, but I'm like, I didn't think they did. So, okay. Ain't known for it. I mean, you can grow anything anywhere. It doesn't come out good. Case in point. Yeah, I mean, so what are we saying? Where them grace really come from? It's, I mean, it has to. It has to come from it. Like they yeah, can't. She's right about that. I just don't know what they mixed it with. Hmm. And because right. it's not it's, in any, it's not a DOCGY, and it's not under any regulations. I think that they could probably put whatever they want. I think so too. Like they blend, they definitely blended it with something, but they don't put the percentage on here because it's probably put. Yeah, I was gonna say it doesn't even have to be a hundred percent solved. Right. right. Oh, I that's think, not a hundred percent solved. Not at all. No. No way. Not at all. No, not at all. Uh, but I, would, I, think, I would literally fly to see where. Show me where. <laughs> I want to walk that vineyard. I want to pick one of those berries off of vine, and I want to taste the grape, the Sauvignon Blanc grape that makes that wine. Yeah. Well, Sarita already gave me a heads up. I didn't buy that. Yeah. Well, I, and okay, so let me say this not to defend this wine, it is not representative of what it is, but it's going to sell and it's going it to is. sell a lot. Well, not going to it has sold a lot right, it is right. selling a lot yeah it is right without me even you know like okay whatever leslie freelo's statements are it doesn't make a difference but because there is an audience for that um which is fine but it's misleading is is it's misleading especially to maybe somebody who is starting to get into the industry and they think this is what Sauvignon Blanc is to taste like. Yep. And they're going to go and order it somewhere else. And they're going to feel like the person that they're ordering it from doesn't understand them because mm-hmm. I've had Sauvignon Blanc. This is not the Sauvignon Blanc that I had like, no reverse. You've actually never actually tasted what that grape is because a lot of wine people just don't like Sauvignon Blanc. It's green. Like it's mm-hmm. not the... <laughs> I mean, I enjoy it, but I know it's I love Sauvignon Blanc. Like, eh, I don't like it at all. It's green mm. it's grassy. I don't want any parts of it from anywhere in the world, which is fine. The issue is just like with Jam Jar, right? Like people oh, are buying good Shiraz. Lord. You will never find an Australian Shiraz that tastes like that anywhere. It, because that's just not how Shiraz from Australia is a big ass bowl. And that's what I'm drinking. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> like, like, girl, I'm gonna slap your face. You know, good <laughs> those are big, bold, <laughs> high alcohol, high tannic wines. Chimps yeah. are, it's juice. Like, look how dark it is. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Is what, like church used to fool you with when you was a kid mm. and you got the little thimble full of grape drink. That's what jam jar is. So, it, but but it's that. But a person that likes jam jar goes to a restaurant, goes to a bar, sees Shiraz from Australia on a on a list, and goes, "Oh, I had that before, and I love it. I want a glass of that." And then they get it, and they do this. They hate it because it's nothing like what that is. And so that's always a fine line. And, you know, I host a show on some TV also called Weekly Wine, where I just pick three wines and talk about it and whatever. But that's always a difficult thing for me to convey. Like, I'm not shitting on the wine that anybody drinks. I know that there are tons of wines that I drink that other people will be like, no, sis, I don't like it at all. And that's fine. 
I'm not, I'm not saying that it's a crime, but I'm saying that the problem with these wines, they are marketed to us. They are packaged nicely to us. Particularly black women are a supportive group. So if one of us does something, the, the impulse is to go out and buy it up and support it. But $20 for that Romano style Pinot Grigio is expensive. $20 for that Sauvignon Blanc. I can literally off the top of my head think of three other producers of both of those, if you like those grapes, that you could have that taste much better, that are well-made, and that are not going to be, in my opinion, deceitful. But it's very, people get real defensive when you talk shit about Black people stuff, you know? <laughs> it's, it's you know, it's tough because you want to support but you can't hide your professional opinion. It is what it is. It is. You supported. It is. You bought it once. You're good. I did. I did. So and I told that's that what support. I thought of it. No. And voila, you support it. Well, she killed it in uh, Ghost Book too. So, <laughs> But her acting is on point. Her singing is on point. Her is, is her acting on point? This I is I'm about to say her dancing is times. <laughs> You got the yeah, best moves out there, sis. like Mary. She got the best moves out there, sis. Them bops. <laughs> Those bops created a generation of non-dancers. Oh, gosh. Um, so, Kira, you are the community liaison for the Black Wine Professionals Group. Um, tell us about that resource and, like, what role you play. So we have so many great things coming up for this year. I'm super excited. So the community liaison part, funny enough, like an unintentional pivot, but perfect one, is that's the gap that I see in our community, is that we are not speaking to our community in a language that is understandable. It's not just, ugh, you drink that gross. Why? And I think that we need to create consumer spaces because a lot of the spaces where we all are is other wine people, right? Like even if you're not necessarily um, somebody with an ultra developed palate, if you can at least hold your weight in the conversation, it's very easy for the conversation to go super geeky and super technical. And somebody that's new be like, I'm gonna back out because I don't know any of this stuff. And I feel like this is above me. Um, and so the community outreach group is really, it's twofold because it gives a chance for all these classes to be taught by other black wine professionals. I'll be teaching one on Spain. Charles Springfield will be teaching on Rosé. We'll have a session on South African wines. We'll have one on Champagne. So it'll be black professionals teaching these classes and hosting these events, but it'll really be consumer centric. It'll really be, okay, what are the questions that you're actually, you feel a way about asking? Because like, I'm, I never feel dumb. Even if I'm asking a dumb question, I wouldn't know it because as long as I don't know something, I'm gonna ask a question about it. But I do recognize that for other people, there's a, there's a feeling of angst there. Like, oh, I don't wanna ask, I don't wanna feel stupid. I don't want everybody in the room to go, duh. I get that. So we wanted to create that space where we could educate consumers in a way that you're not studying for an exam but these are some baselines that you have to know. Like you have to know that that's not what Sauvignon Blanc tastes like, right? So let's talk a little bit about the mechanics of this grape, about the characteristics, about what it gives, about how you don't have to know every DO or every AOC or anything like that, but you wanna know what a warm climate one versus a cool climate one tastes like, right? You wanna know those markers so that when you're shopping or if you, when we can go back to eating out, mm. 
you can have a conversation where you are giving the professional enough clues to figure out what kind of wine they should be recommending to you. And it is on the professional. So like learn how to speak the language that consumers speak. You know, like it's not all, you're not always talking to people that care or know the variance between a grape grown in limestone, limestone or a grape grown in clay. Like how do you translate that to an everyday person? And if we can't do that as professionals, we have some work to do. I love it. Oh, and y'all threw a fantastic party last night. <laughs> that was my, my first regular moment of non-work since January 5th. So I was living for that. Um, but we want to do things like that. You know what I mean? Where like, it's like, that was such a beautiful reflection of community. You had white women, you had black women, you had white men, you had black men, and it was just a vibe. Like the music yeah. was vibe everybody was who they were authentically we had babies in there it was just a good time and i think that a wine party can look like that in person where we're not pouring barefoot we're pouring good <laughs> wine right but you know we're doing it in our way and even you know things i'm working on a piece now about like how we use tasting descriptors you know mm -hmm. if everything is i was in a um, a tasting group a couple weeks ago, and it was mostly a black and um, Latinx men and women, and there were like four white people, and we were describing a wine, and somebody said, "Oh, it's like custardy, like goat cheese," which I understood, but somebody else was like, "It's like starchy, like yuca." Right? Mm. Everybody else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The only people that didn't get it were the white people because they did not, they have no reference point. But for me, I was like, do you see how it feels when every descriptor being used is something that is not familiar to you? Sure. Whether you know it or not, the vernacular is not broad enough. If everything is chives, parsley, bergamot, cedar, like, Explain what you mean by cedar. Explain what you mean by wood. Explain what you mean by smoke. Because somebody from Tennessee or St. Louis or Kansas City damn sure knows what a smokehouse smells like, don't they? So if you want to describe Syrah, talk about being on the back, go by the back door of a good barbecue joint. That's the smoky meatiness we're talking about in Syrah. Like, what's the difference if I use that descriptor versus just saying like smoked peppery meat? Both are true. So mm -hmm. why can't I use one that authentically connects with a different group of people? I think awesome. that's what makes um, wine inviting to people. Because you meet people where they are. Not necessarily talking down to people, but you meet people where they are. And so um, you use terminology that is relatable. Yeah, I and like that, using people. Yeah, I think that that is the big difference between uh, a good wine educator and someone Absolutely. who's just textbook. I remember this one girl um, I went to, ooh, when the world was open, I went to a tasting bar and this girl, she, she gave, um, there were four wines. So she gave each one a magazine. She was just like, well, this is like upscale. It's on the low end. And this is like, um, she didn't say any black ones. Um, she didn't want to offend me, of course. But <laughs> she just named, you know, all of these different magazines. And I was with, um, I was by myself, but there were a bunch of um, white girls behind me. But they got it. Like, oh, I get it. Different levels. It, yeah, mm -hmm. I get it. I get it. So, I mean, you can use, you can be creative in how you describe your wines. And right. I think that's, what's so important about having to diversify wine educators. 
we, we all going to talk different. Right. We have to. I mean, Larissa and Sukari and I were talking about, well, shit, if you want to think about texture and wine and you want to talk to Black, 4C, okay? A wine that is very sure. with a lot of texture that spends a lot of time <laughs> on the leaves. Think of that as 4C here, right? Like that's got mm-hmm. some, that mm-hmm. is tight. That is, you got to put some strength into getting through that. Okay. Think of it that way, right? Or we could use, like, I like to use people, right? Like I, I use like Merlot as like the grape that like, you know what? You ever had a, a person where like, you don't know why you don't like them, but you just don't love them. But mm-hmm. if they're with the right other people, but it's totally tolerant to you. Like that person yes. does nothing wrong to you. You can't actually find any flaw with them. You just not to you but if they're with the right group of people sis welcome that's a that's a description that you can totally understand right yeah mm-hmm. and, and it is literally the way i describe merlot because i don't love that grape at all but it has a need and it's welcome in a lot of spaces but i don't <laughs> if she didn't come to brunch i wouldn't miss her at all <laughs> but i think we need to get more more comfortable with ourselves not feeling locked into this language that we may have learned right if you're learning it and you're studying for an exam make sure that you can translate that because otherwise it's just regurgitation you know what i mean you just Mm -hmm. you studied what was on something you memorized it but if you can't make that relatable if you can't talk to somebody else about like well when they're talking about bacon spices like think about how you like oatmeal, right? Like oatmeal doesn't smell like boiled grains, right? Cause you add cinnamon, you add nutmeg, you add the, that's what people are talking about when they say warm spices. And if you say that to someone, they're like, oh, okay. Well, that mm-hmm. makes sense to me. Yeah. And that's what we need to just keep doing because that's how we get more enthusiasts that look like us interested in wine into these tastings, into these trips, and like all of it. It's one big ecosystem that we all need to do our part to contribute to. So what's next for you? Like if you had to retire in a wine position, like what, what would that be? Ooh, I want to be like the Oprah of wine. I want to have conversations where I don't get the polished version. I get people to see the authentic person that I'm talking to. Um, I want people, I want to continue to bring conversations about wine that aren't normally the easiest to talk about. Like one of the main things I did was calling out white women, like y'all are all allies, except you do work with brands. You can see that there's nobody black involved. Do you ever call them out on that and say, hey, I know a bunch of other people. This seems kind of just one-sided you're not doing that, right? So are you really an ally? Um, And I'm not afraid to push conversations like that. So I I very much enjoy being in wine media. I think the more people we have talking to people in a relatable way, the more people will get interested, the more um, brands and distributors and everybody else will see a need to broaden their audience, broaden how they market, broaden how they um, get their products to certain markets. So yeah, that sounds like fun. And the idea of being paid to talk for a living just seems like I was destined to do that at some point. It's not happened yet though. I'm trying. <laughs> well, it seems like you're well on your way. Exactly. Wow. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. So this is the point of the show where I ask y'all random questions that may or may not be long-winded. So uh, whatever is the first answer that comes up, just say it. Blue. 
<laughs> Shut up. <laughs> okay. So if food is supposedly the way to a man's heart, what is the way to yours? So what is that one thing that like you can have in common with somebody that you may have thought, I don't like that person, but it's like, oh, ooh, you like so-and-so. I love so-and-so too. What is that thing? Oh, intelligence, intelligent conversation. If you can keep me interested in talking, you could look like a mud duck and <laughs> I will stay engaged in the conversation. I don't know. See, I would know. never know. If you look like a mud duck, I would never know you were intelligent. We would never. never <laughs> we are in a world of all, but I'm not going to lie. There have been people where I'm like, oh, they sound good. And then they click that camera and I'm like, oh, I was wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. It, okay. It would have to be one of them. Their camera's off the whole time. Then they yeah, turn it on. Or are you talking to somebody that got the mask on and then they pull it down and you're like, oh. Oh, now oh, you're yeah. look like gang sign. I'm turned off then. Then mm-hmm. I'm a little bit turned off, but yeah, I'm otherwise, very, I would never know, girl. Yeah, no, I love intelligent conversation, though. Intelligence is definitely the, the way to my heart. As a friend, as a romantic interest. Right, both, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Leslie, she Chene- went so smart with it. I'm like, you know, my answers be shallow. I'm like, jewelry. Like, <laughs> like <Hey>, what? <laughs> The way to my heart, jewelry. Like, what did we, like, I went full shallow. Like, we're, I, like, okay, I, so... <laughs> And a beer, you know. Oh, oh a nice beer. Yeah, yeah. That's connecting. I'm connecting. Like, the techie in me answered that question literally, right? As yeah. A, yeah. Now, if you were asking that question in terms of like men that I would be interested in, it's a very different. Like intelligence is still there, but there's like a comma and then dot dot dot. There's a lot of things mm-hmm. that go after mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but no, seriously. Okay, okay, for real, for real. I want someone that gets my sense of humor. My sense of humor can be weird. It can be dry. It can be sarcastic. I need somebody that gets it, which is a struggle with people trying to get it in a foreign language. So, but I, I need somebody that gets it. So yeah, that's fair. That's it. Yeah, Leslie. Yeah. Um, confidence. Mm. I was yeah. That is that is really sexy. It's confidence that. You make a decision and you stand in your decision. And then if you're wrong, you can say, I was wrong. My bad. And right. And move mm-hmm. in a different direction. That is yeah. Got you. You know, mine is music. If you have crap taste in music, I can't. I can't even. <laughs> I can't. I feel like you lack intelligence. <laughs> 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 <clears throat> I can't that's that that's that's like a one thing and that's when I mean before I was married that's that was like a thing with me like hmm what's the last album you listened to that 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 answer holds so much weight to me wow yeah it's a big deal it's a big deal so what if you just caught them on a rugged day where like the last one they listened to was like DMX or something like not indicative. You got you got explain to me why. You like I was just listening to the Bee Gees last night. Like, is that okay? You just gotta. You don't even know that answer. No, that that answer. Self conscious for a moment. Like, ooh, I'm a lie. It's like I know this hypothetical, but like I'm a lie. So say something default like Sade, because nobody could judge you if you say Sade. It's true. It's true. Or if you say anything, Prince, I ain't gonna say shit. Like, enough said. 
Enough said. That's all it. right. Now I know. Yeah. Now I know too. Like whether yeah, I right. listen to MOP or Luke, my <laughs> but usually, <laughs> usually, if you ask somebody what was the last album you're you listen to, they give you the album and then they give the reasons why. Those reasons why, I guess that like chimes into your intelligence piece. Like, why were you listening to that? What mood were you in? You know, what triggered you to listen to that? So, but all those answers matter. Yeah. Now, what if they say they had listened to an album? They they just got a bomb Spotify playlist and they got like 70 oh, songs. That's, 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 wait, what? They got to name you like all 70 songs for you no, to like, no. get to it. Okay. No, if you can't name, you know, it's Anisha, I ain't fucking with you. <laughs> Uh, what is your favorite fruit mango Mm, nice i'm caribbean so it's gonna be yeah i love mango wait you like mangoes in america because i heard our mangoes were trash they're terrible okay i like haitian mangoes that you can easily get here Mm. Um, but american mangoes are gross so is american avocado oh is it I probably don't even know what a real avocado tastes like. I know. The ones here, they all taste like water. Like they don't taste like anything. That's why mm. to make avocado toast, like people have to add 50 billion things. Oh, to really? It. I, yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Well, oh. they're really, I got nothing. Really, 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 really bad. <laughs> And that's mm-hmm. something like, I'm from Central America, like you eat avocado with everything. Like the way you get a piece of lettuce as garnish on a plate, like you slice avocado with breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But these mm-hmm. avocado, I don't like them. Uh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie. <laughs> you can't drink water in my country, so. <laughs> oh. Oh. Um, pineapple, I love pineapple. Hmm. Have you yeah. ever roasted or grilled a pineapple? Oh my goodness. It's yes, so good. Lord, it is so good. It's really it, good. It is so good. And I could just have that by itself. Like yeah. the grilled pineapple. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. really good. Yeah. Tanisha? Watermelon. Really? No, I don't know. You know, I don't <laughs> eat fruit that often. So I just wanted to say something so I could get a smart answer from you. I knew he was gonna say something crazy. I um, was about to in response I, to me. I held back. <laughs> yeah, you did. I saw it in your face. You held <laughs> back. Like your jaw got tight. That's all. <laughs> but I mean, it's gonna stand. Watermelon. I enjoy watermelon. I don't, it's terrible. I don't eat fruit as often as I should. I remember when Allison was on the show and she was like, she ain't eat vegetables. <laughs> I'm like that with fruit. Like I don't really eat fruit that I mean, do, do you make the the watermelon mint salad. Oh, so good. With feta. So With feta. Mm. Tanisha is looking at me like I grew a second head. Yeah, she is. <laughs> it's like this. I said yeah. I eat watermelon. Just flat out. Leave it at that. Okay. Like, period. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um, actually, my favorite um, fruit is grapefruit. Really? really it is i love grapefruit um and when i was growing up my grandmother you know she used to cut it in half and you know eat it with a spoon so that's how i eat it and then i went to brunch and founding farmers and they took the torch to it mm-hmm, and a little bit of sugar. my god i was like well this is it this is my fruit now so yeah grapefruit, grapefruit. yeah and i love grapefruit cocktails palomas oh man yeah. Palomas are so bomb they are delicious 
Yeah. You've never had one or you don't like them? I've never had them, but I... Well, this is why I don't like Sauvignon Blanc. It's not one of my (laughs) favorite fruits. Okay. 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 And you know what? Yeah. My mom um, did Weight Watchers like all of my life. And she's like this big. But she did Weight Watchers all of my life. And one of the big things was to have grapefruit with... um, cottage cheese on top and I was like that is so gross like why well, are different textures like yeah yeah cottage cheese should be abolished from supermarkets uh, <laughs> earth really whatever right. Right. yeah it's it's gross but I can eat it I can't eat it <laughs> we're talking cottage cheese now or grapefruit yeah cottage, cottage, cottage cheese. cheese okay I don't understand its purpose like why do we need it like what it is has it a shit ton of protein that's like nothing body, else does like bodybuilders like eat it a lot like they'll have like boiled chicken cottage cheese and like a vegetable really okay, so it serves that purpose but it's yeah. not like for flavor for texture for like absolutely any, not like, no. no no wow what it's do, literally okay. like eating a block of tofu <laughs> that you didn't season with mm-hmm. anything. <laughs> do you put do you put sugar or salt on it me, I, I can, I can, I can eat it by itself if I'm okay. in the mood. But then I can eat it with like I don't know peaches or something. And I'm what right mood is that exactly, Sarita? What it's mood? Rare. Is it's, a rare. Cottage it's rare. Cheese it's rare. It's rare. It's rare. They sell it in the little like yogurt size cup. Every time they I do, I'm like, like these white yeah. people will eat anything. <laughs> like, what is the point of this lumpy ass curdled dairy yeah. product? Yeah, everything it's a very weird it. texture. Yeah. Texturally, it's not pleasant. It doesn't smell pleasant. It does. I'm just like, man, I just starve. Like, if that's the <laughs> option, I'll just have one. Yeah, I should probably put that in my fridge so that that's the only thing there. Like, well, since <laughs> I guess we're not going to eat nothing today. Uh, okay, next question. If you received two thousand dollars, what would you do with it? So I last amount from last uh, the last show was thousand dollars, so bumped it up to two thousand. What that stimmy? What we doing? Right. Uh, I would buy stock. Hmm. I would buy very intelligent Roblox stock right now because anything else that I would buy would just be frivolous. Like I don't. I wouldn't actually, well, no, nah, I actually would most likely buy stock with it. Um, if I wasn't thinking like that, which I just default to, I would probably buy like, there's a lot of white burgundy on the market right now to buy and lay down. I would, if I was gonna splurge with it, I would buy a shit ton of white burgundy right now. Mm. Um, but I probably wouldn't do that. I would actually do that. There's so much money to be made move. right now. Yeah. You can never go wrong with that. I wish I was getting a stimmy check. I would spend it all on that. <laughs> First of all, I feel like everybody deserves a stimmy check. It's, it's true. Pandemic. Yeah. That, that here, like, here. I'm mm. like, that sounds selfish of me, but <laughs> I feel, has anybody else? So I've had, I generally have a hard time like celebrating wins. It's just a a thing with me. I I like to celebrate other people's wins more than my own. But particularly during this pandemic, like so many people like, yo, this year was the worst, fuck 2020. But when I go through 2020 for me, I'm like, shit was kind of all right. 
Um, I mean, Sans working for a hospital. It wasn't terrible. Having a front row seat to the destruction and devastation of COVID, but like personally and professionally, it was a great sure. year for me. But I feel so bad saying that publicly because I don't want it to seem callous or like I'm disconnected from everything that everybody else has gone through. But it wasn't a bad year. Everybody yeah. 2020 didn't suck. I've heard other people I, I think I mean, it, I've said that. Yeah. I think that it's how you say it. It's not like your Cardi B saying, oh, I got all my family here and I've got all this. It's not, it's not like you're bragging right. that you are stating your achievements. You had a good year and like, fuck that. No, I deserve that pat on the back. I'm going, yeah, I, I think you should always celebrate yourself because if you don't, then I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like you want to be constantly sensitive though. Like you never want to come across like Charles Barkley recently said like, oh, I think NBA athletes should have privilege and preference in getting the vaccine because they pay so much in taxes. I'm like, well, really? what if we paid doctors and nurses then what we paid mm -hmm. NBA players sure. because they should get preferred treatment again, right? Because right now, not even healthcare workers have preferential access to the vaccine. If you don't- Which is insane. Absolutely ridiculous. If you don't work in a role that may have direct contact with COVID patients, you are actually, in New York at least, you're still in like the 1B category mm -hmm. of whether or not you can get it, which is outrageous to me. I think everybody that works for a hospital, because you don't know what will happen, who knew that we would be building a hospital in Central Park in March? So everybody that works in healthcare should get it. But for this arrogant ass man to be on TV saying that he thinks that because NBA players pay so much in taxes, they should have preferential access before people that are day every day risking their lives. If an NBA player gets COVID, it's because they were fucking around and hanging out with other people. It's not because their day-to-day -day life put them at risk. So, you know, like you see callous people like that and you're like, oh, I never want to sound arrogant. Mm -hmm like that because that's it's just horrible yeah also you know, Barclay, Charles Barkley yeah. believes in leading with his stupidity so I was gonna say that's very on brain for him yeah like I would exactly like nothing yeah. less to come his and he leans into it and doubles down I'm like bruv really like you don't see anything wrong he does and so on one hand like you can't be mad like he I mean you can be mad but like he has always been that way that has literally always been him and yeah. he stands mm -hmm. by what he says. So on some level, I'm like, well, you know what? Stand in your wrong convictions, mm. but more power to you. Be it wrong. Glad in that, like our community in particular is is suffering so badly. Yeah. You know, and there's so much misinformation out there about, oh no, if I take the vaccine, I'm gonna get COVID. I'm like, promise you it won't. And I totally understand the apprehension. But like, I'm on a PSA campaign. Like, listen, I got dose one. I was totally fine. My arm hurt for a couple hours. I went to sleep. I put ice back on. It was done. I'll, I'll video chronicle getting dose two as well. Like every, this shit is wiping whole families out. Mm -hmm. Literally entire families because of income disparities, you have multi-generational household, one person in the household gets it, everybody. Yeah. So, you know, for a prominent, I don't want to say leader, but for a prominent figure in our community to be spewing, you know, Tiffany Haddish was on Clubhouse bashing a bunch of Black women doctors. Why? 
So she was the one. I heard. I heard about the celebrity that somebody was yeah. saying that some celebrity was bashing doctors and all that. I didn't know who the celebrity was. What was, no. she, what was she bashing them about? She was literally telling them that they are doing a disservice to their community by telling the community to go and get this vaccine because they don't actually know that it's safe. She put one doctor's personal information. (gasps) No. That sister actually attempted suicide. (gasps) Oh my God. That's the part I heard. Yeah, because they were coming at her. Where I'm like, like, I don't want to be nasty, but girl, can you even read? Like, why are you putting yourself at the front of this like die on another hill not this one not this everybody don't need a voice everybody does not need a voice everybody has one right now and everybody's using it everybody shouldn't it was so ridiculous because they literally started her joe budden was another person that was like they oh well he's an idiot he is trash dating you gotta pay attention to who they listen to like really are these gonna be your authority but the thing is but they are for so many people yes so many people though people like that their word is gospel yeah yeah. So for y'all to rally, use your platform to rally up people to go and bully a bunch of black doctors that put their lives on the line every day. Look, personally, if you don't want to get the vaccine, don't get it. I, I'm not bullying anybody into doing it. But the shit that I see on social media, people that don't know, nah, they just did this too quick. Uh, last time you took Tylenol, tell me how long Tylenol was in clinical trials. Tell me how many people died taking Tylenol when it came to market. In my Peloton group, there was a woman saying, well, I won't take the Johnson and Johnson vaccine because I heard that Johnson and Johnson baby powder gave black women cervical cancer. I'm like, but you put aids on though. You know, that's a Johnson and Johnson product too, right? Okay. The misinformation is crazy crazy it's, you know it's, wow. i think we are so starved for some leadership and authority oh desperate that we will take it anywhere but you know i'm not going to take scientific advice from a comedian <laughs> unless you went to unless you were dr kim who was a doctor Let's <laughs> and, not and you know he problem. hadn't practiced in a while too so i'm not really gonna listen to him but really this is, you know, when we can- you put this woman's personal information out there and knowing that you have a flock of ignorant people that don't know you, you would walk past the street and never see them, never talk to them. But these people actually started bullying and attacking these women. Oh my God. To the point where one attempted suicide. This, that is just absolutely crazy. I mean, so if nothing exciting. else, have recent events taught anybody that words matter mm. yeah like you circulate in all these videos oh look at the nurse that fainted when she got the. i'm like the vaccine has been in america for six days nobody in america is eligible to get the second dose of any vaccine so that video i don't know what they put in sister's arm mm. or why she fainted but it was not dose two of any covid vaccine like you don't need anybody to, to validate that for you like validate it yourself right mm-hmm. you have to, oh but what about tuskegee i'm like you eat science you know your diet is going to kill you before <laughs> fucking covid vaccine does like girl 
Hey guys, so at this part of the show, I had some technical issues and the recording stopped, but the girls kept talking and we were talking about um, race and wine. So uh, here is the conversation picked up. My concern back in May was like, is this a flash in the pants? Like, are people just throwing money at the issue and then move on to the next issue? And it's good to see that there are continuous strides that are being made and people are making a true commitment and not just lip service. Yeah, some of it was a flash in the pan, but I think with organizations like Black Wine Professionals and Wine Unify and the Roots Fund and things like that, those organizations that have been created, people are giving those organizations money and uh, through them, then they are cranking out the people, the ideas, the things that will take us forward. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was very those infrastructures in place. Yeah. Thrilled to see that the Becky Wasserman scholarship went to all black women, right? Because mm-hmm. I was yeah. I was skeptical because when people say people of color, that normally ends up being one black person, two Asian men, one Native American person, and one Hispanic person, right? So okay. I was thrilled. It used to be a bunch of oh, let me stop we record. Accurate. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I was thrilled to see that it was all black women. That's great. And it was names, some names I was quite familiar with, some I didn't know. And and now I want to get to know more about them. I want to hear about their experience. I want to do an episode after their trip to Burgundy with all those women to talk about their experience and what they learned, what they took away. I want to crash their trip to Burgundy. Girl, I want to go. Girl, just come. We just going to meet them at the train station, girl. Okay, cool. (laughs) Cool. Listen, I'm here. And that's what I'm saying. Like, look, I'm here for everybody to experience everything i want every if you if your goal in life is to go to burgundy i want you to go there if your goal is to get the champagne i want you to go there i have never tasted drc yet but i am banking that i will not close this year out without having some drc i am okay. prepared to be underwhelmed by the way um but i'm ready to have it I'm ready to have it and enjoy it and evaluate it because I think that everything that everybody else can have, we can have everything. I don't, I don't think there's limits to what we can have. Not anymore. One of us needs to start believing it. I love it. And live it. Well, if we can't end on that note, I feel empowered. That is the perfect quote to end. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Monday and like do some things with my life. Exactly. Great. Uh, Kira, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can follow you, and what you got coming up. Shoot, well, on Instagram, I'm Black Girls Dine Two T O O. On Twitter, that's too long of a name, so it's Black Girls Dine Two with the number two. My website is www.blackgirlsdine2.com. Um, coming up, season two of A Glass for Every Palette. We are wrapping up filming on Psalm Four. I'm super excited about that. I'm also doing another project for um, some films that is super exciting. Weekly Wines will continue. I'll be doing some blind tasting segments. There'll be more of me and Jill Zamorski because that is like my twinny twin twin in Chicago. Um, Yeah, just more dope shit. I'm gonna keep pushing. 
Thanks for joining the Swell Suite, everybody. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, share on Instagram and tag us. Send us some comments. Let us know what you think of this episode because it was super special for us. Um, Everybody stay safe and have a great week. Cheers.
And we're Tanisha here to support you every step of the way. If you ever of need course. us for anything. I'm always need. I'm always yeah. black women. Well, yes. like this is also very reciprocal. So y'all, y'all gotta now. I'm gonna get you on tape, but y'all, y'all gotta be guests on a glass for every palette, right? Well, you know this is recorded, bitch. So you, okay. yeah, you gonna be waiting for the invitation. I don't know. This might be too much. Serena, did she call? Did she call yet, Serena? We ain't get that invite, y'all. <laughs> I just, I wanted, I wanted my ask to be recorded. So if y'all, if, now if I don't follow up next episode, you're like, by the way, that bitch did not. <laughs> we just gonna cut this part, the soundbite of you saying it. We just gonna keep putting that on Instagram. All of us gonna post it and repost it. Mm-hmm. But like, nah, we, sure. right. be like, remember this? Be like, oh, you know. <laughs> when they be like, call your congressman. Call Where are they? You stop. Be like, I think you need to add her, and we are fighting for this call. Sign this petition. To get on. I, I promise you, there will not be a change.org. <laughs> there wouldn't be no okay. petition. Um, We're gonna sign the link. Here's the links. Oh my God. Greatly. This has been an amazing, amazing chat. And it's always. Yes. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for taking the time. We really appreciate it. Yes, we do. Thank you. And it was great to talk to you. Like I have talked. Yeah. Like we like see you, but I don't think we've ever like talked to you, talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. This is wonderful. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Yeah. Tanisha, Leslie, anything to share before we go? No. 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 I just got to be home at six o'clock. Like that's that's the my only issue forever. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's a challenge for you. But six is the earliest of the earliest. But you have me here. We are. A six p.m. curfew is crazy early. Is it still? You're still under curfew? Yes. They just, It used to be eight o'clock. They just changed it to six o'clock starting yesterday. Oh, the disrespect! The disrespect. See, that, I don't want them to do that in New York. That would just like they have, we're getting more like you can't eat inside anymore in New York. Yeah, same here. Restaurants can't be open past 10 o'clock. Yeah. But it's freezing mm-hmm. now. Like you, I I am very supportive of restaurants, but eating outside in 30-something degree weather is trash. Like it's just <laughs> there aren't enough heat lamps. It's like being outside on a 90-degree day with an overhead air conditioner. Like mm-hmm. it's still hot. Yeah. I want to, um, Sarita, afterwards, I want to show you guys my boxes came in. Okay. Yes. All right. So we'll wrap it up. Thanks for joining us for us, y'all. Cheers. Cheers.